Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're going hard now. We're going hard tonight. Oh, wow. <laughs> God. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players and we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home, each week we take a look at the latest news, break down some tones maybe, and all to give you the lowdown on the low end. Uh, Chris, my dear, it's another week uh, and we're feeling, what rhymes with week, on fleek. Yes. Nice. Not really, though, is it? That was really no. awful. No, sorry. Sorry, Ron. Um, uh, how are you feeling this week? Uh, I'm absolutely bloody knackered, in all honesty. Oh, um, no. It's been, been a bass-filled week. Oh, yeah, loads of gigs. Loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of gigs. At the time of release, I will have played um, two gigs in a row, and I will be on my way to gig number three. I will actually, at the time, you dear listeners, should you choose to listen to this, at the point of release, I will be somewhere on the M6 or the M5 <gasps> or the Toll Road. That's what it's called. There we go. The Toll Road going around Birmingham because I'm gigging in... <laughs> I'll start that again, but I won't edit it out because I am gigging in Southampton of all bloody places tonight. No. Tonight. One night only. Chris. Rachel and a daisy. <laughs> Um, wow, Southampton, that's a bloody trek for you, isn't it? It certainly is, there and back in one day, baby. Oh my God. Is that for uh, you depping or something, or is it a... No, no, no. Um, I am headlining a festival with uh, Kim Jennett, who is an ah. artist I play for. She yes. is headlining, um, it's called Amplified or Amplified Festival mm. or something like that. It's at a venue called 1860-something or 1960-something, I really should know this. It literally is my job. Mm-hmm. And um, she's headlining. So at the time of release, we will be on the M6 and very much hopefully not in traffic. It's about four and a bit, five hours there and back. Well, you know what to do. Put on this Cry. podcast in that whole journey. Absolutely. we could prob- That means that. that we could probably listen to it three times each way, give or take. Depends I... how long this episode is. Now, I, I this isn't me saying this. I've been told this that that is the optimum time to amount of times to listen to each episode of this podcast. It's like when you watch a Stanley Kubrick film or a Wes Anderson film. Oh, they're very comparable. Absolutely. Or a Batman film. No, that's not true. Rewatching is often recommended. Re-listening is often recommended mm. because you might just pick something out there on there's, that second listen. We're like listening to a big onion. You know, there's so many layers. And you in. look like Shrek. Exactly. Exactly. And and you could only really see my face, my green, green face, uh, by listening so intently. 
Exactly. And anyway. also, as someone who edits this podcast, I have got this jam-packed with subliminal messages. Most of them are, listen to Dala on repeat. <laughs> if you listen to the intro in reverse, that's what it says. <laughs> have you seen that? Have you heard that joke where it's, um, if you play Nickelback backwards, there's a subliminal message. It's just Nickelback backwards. <laughs> I haven't heard that, but what I have heard, it reminds me of um, The Simpsons. That they join the Navy one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a banger. Brilliant. Um, um, how was your bass playing week? It was lovely. I've not done much playing, but I've done lots of watching. Good um, lad. I've been at 2000 Trees Festival since I went from Thursday to Saturday. Um, and yeah, camping there the whole time and... What a festival, man. I love it. It's definitely my fit up there as like one of my favorite UK festivals. It's after going to download and like been to Reading for years, you know, it is it's definitely filling the gap that Reading and Leeds has kind of left with rock music as that's kind of moving on beyond rock and metal. And yeah, 2000 Trees is very quickly filling that gap. Uh, and loads of like more independent smaller artists are able to play there and as well as you know your, your big bullet from a valentine's and frank cut and the rattlesnakes etc you know so it's it's such a good mix and just good vibes love a love a small to medium festival it's really good um so yeah and saw so many bases um and like just that's the thing going to a festival every even if i don't like I haven't heard the band or I'm not sure. I get excited. This is this is my life. I get excited because I'm like, ooh, I wonder what they'll be playing. And I love a P bass, but I'm not going to lie. When I turn up and I'm like, oh, it's just a Fender P bass. I, I do get a little bit disappointed. <laughs> and there was a couple of those. But then I'll be like, oh my God, look at that weird bass they're playing sometimes. So I had, that, I had that I had download, to be fair. I know I was only there for the day, but I was genuinely excited to see what Eugene from Ginger would show up with. Yeah. Because he's always had crazy bases. And Robert Trujillo, to be fair, from Metallica, has always had some... Well, it's Trujillo, isn't it? Trujillo? It's not Trujillo. Anyway, I've pronounced it wrong. Rob, if you're listening, I'm sorry, pal. I, I really tried on that one. Um, he's always got some really crazy Warwick or something like that. So I don't know what you mean. I really need to recapture that joy that's something that i'm actively trying to get back into my own bass playing uh life livelihood mm. if that makes sense because this is work for me at the same time i have to i'm really really trying to say to myself i know it's work but you do get to play for a living like it's not too dissimilar to, to it's not too dissimilar than saying to someone i play with lego for a living you know, you're, you're playing with stuff. It's playtime for a job. Yeah. You need to remember that because I'm so guilty of, of sitting in this space, my workspace, and I'm using er quotes very aggressively here and being like, it's work, got to be disciplined. It's work, 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 work. It's like, yeah, it's a fun job and you picked to do this. So have fun, you sad git. <laughs> you need that on your wall above you. Have fun, you sad. And you can, ah, oh, you look up and you go, do you know what? Okay. okay. <laughs> That's a good point. At the moment, though, I do have a print next to me where it's a picture of like a, um, like a, like a court jester, not a jester, a bard, you know, like playing a lute. And the caption says, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Nice. 
which I think is great. But um, yeah. yes, I think I might change my wallpaper on my laptop to just have fun, you sad little man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at the minute it says like, start hating yourself, you suck. And you're like, absolutely. Ah! How did you know? Oh, man. Because <laughs> I can well, I see actually, it in your eyes. Exa- exactly. You can see the reflection like Blade Runner. I mean, to be yeah. fair at the moment, it is just one of the stock MacBook wallpapers because I'm devoid of a personality. Mm. But I will change it. I think I'll change it. I'm so bad that I've forgotten what mine is. Oh, yeah. It is the same. <laughs> I'm going to ask one quick question before we move on. Please. How much of a mess is your desktop on your computer are you oh, like a, there's just files everywhere it's a mess i'm ashamed it's like Ooh. um imagine like throwing a grenade into some landfill and mm. just imagine the absolute travesty a mess <laughs> that's gonna already mess on top of mess you know that's gonna do it's, it's similar to that got it mine is not mine is not like that no no mine looks like I should see some sort of specialist about a spectrum because it oh. is alarmingly neat. Wow. Well, yeah. That reminds me of my dad. You give me big daddy vibes, you know. Thank you so much. It reminds me of my dad because he organizes his apps in a way that only a serial killer would on his phone. They're like per- perfectly symmetrical and it'll be in a shape or something like not in a line or like in a corner or in a folder it's like like a diamond shape and i'm like what are you doing and he's like oh it's, it's nice i'm like no it's not oh this is android i assume yes okay i have an iphone so i can't do that however no. i have one home page and that's it i have like two the weather widget and the clock app and then it's like five really important apps and they are listed in alphabetical order the yeah. dock is set to apps that I need to look at specifically if I'm driving. Mm-hmm. So like the podcast Functional. app, Spotify, Google Maps, and then there's nothing else. There's no other widgets. There's no nothing. It's a plain black wallpaper. I am literally Dexter from Dexter. Wow. Uh, I think you can say Hannibal from Hannibal. I mean, that would also be correct. Or it could be Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> I wish. Can you do an impression? Um, I could just yell the word DD really I mean, loudly. You are also ginger, so... Thank you so much, That's obviously. All right. That's all right. Um, shall we move on to our first question? Yeah, I think we probably should. Johnny! Hello. Here's Johnny. I haven't heard that one before, Chris. Oh, I bet you. I bet you've never heard that before. How many times today have you heard that? Every time I walk, I come home, Lily Lily says it to me. I mean, that is very funny. But, mm. I mean, come on. It's, yeah. it's got to be done. You and Jack Nicholson are, like, you know, I can barely tell you apart. Best buds. It's a throwback to the Kubrick reference from earlier in the episode. And you said Batman as well. I did. Do you see what we see, guys and gals? Do you see what we said about you've got to have multiple listens to the episode? Mm. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Right, okay. I've had too many cups of tea. Let's actually crack on. Uh, question one. What's the best way to store and or display bases? May oh. I jump in with my opinion straight away? Of course you may. No one's going to like me for this. Stick it in the case and leave it there. Take it out when you need it. 
And this I will guy. tell you why, but I'll let you disagree with me first. This guy. And man. it's a really great reason why. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is, my friend. Um, for me, you know, uh, depend, depends on what you're doing, of course. For me, I, if you could see me on camera right now, my wall is full of them. Um, and that's how I really like to display them because number one, it's displaying, it's displaying and storing at the same time. And it doesn't take up any floor space like say a stand would or something like that. Um, so I really like that. I also used to have a normal guitar rack, um, in my wardrobe and it was amazing. So you'd open up the wardrobe and there's all the guitars. And that's so really cool. cool. Yeah. I really, that was in my parents' house. I loved that. Um, but I don't have that here, um, my, my that or my parents. Um, they're still alive. Don't. Well, this is going I was going to say that's that's really dark. There's an, another another Batman reference. There we go. We're going hard now. We're going hard tonight. Oh, wow! <laughs> God, taking another turn. Um, so yeah, that I like having them out on display because then I can just pick up and grab them and literally display them as well as I come in the room and I'm like, oh yes, walk into the room. Sorry, when I walking steady yeah uh, i mean yes i think that's great i would secretly like to do that at the moment where me and you are sat right now to my left is just four hard cases and gig bags and that but i don't own that many bases either so mm. nearly all of them are are here on the side and to be fair the only gig bag or case that leaves the house is the mono gig bag so and everything I need for a gig is in that gig bag and a separate backpack. So the only thing I do is, depending on the gig, I take a bass out of another case and it goes in the mono case and then I leave the house. Everything else is already packed down, ready to go. I grab that, the pedal board, the amp if I need it, off I go. So it's more of a practical decision for me. However, I would love to have them stored on like the wall or in a rack. I did used to have, um, when I was a teenager, like a Harley Benton rack with like that held five guitars, and mm. I loved that. But I will tell you why I don't do that anymore. Preserving the life of the strings. Oh, okay. Because my understanding, and I'm fairly certain I read this from a guitar perspective, you leave them out in a room... There's more chance of dust getting to them. There's more chance of just anything in the air. Maybe the air itself. I don't know how much temperature change or humidity or anything can... I mean, to be fair, the, being in a case won't change the temperature because the, in a case, it's not like a HVAC unit or anything like that. But I like to think leaving them in the case at least keeps dust away from them and the dust will contribute towards the lifetime of the string being less. And I am a massive cheapskate, so... I think there's totally weight to that. And with the frequency in which you're doing gigs, that works for you, you know? It's good. It's there, it's ready to go. It's not too much faff to get it out, and it's preserving it. Um, I think it's definitely definitely weight to that. So I, you know, I was, I was ready for a shouting match, and I was like, this should have been the debate, mate. Should have been the debate. I mean, don't hand. get me wrong... As as just mentioned, I would rather have them like a bit easier to get hold of. You know, like mm. uh, I'm just going to lean over and grab that one. Off we go. But I don't think I've ever had like a working day 
here at my desk where I've needed to pick one up and put another one on and then swap. Yeah. It's always been yeah. like tomorrow, well, tomorrow at time of recording, it'll be Wednesday for, you know, last Wednesday for the people who are listening to this. I'm practicing for one covers gig I have on Friday. I'm probably going to use my jazz bass or my stingray. So that bass is just going to be in my hands all day. And that's it. I'm yeah. not going to be, there's no Dala songs to rehearse. I'm not rehearsing the Kim set because quite frankly, I've played that a lot now and I'm good. I don't have anything else to do. So it's just practicing for one gig, play one bass. And it, this is not a creative space. It's just a workspace for me. I'm not writing music here. Yeah. So, so like, I need it. The vibe doesn't matter almost, you know? Not really. No, it's like, pick it up. What are you doing today? Mm. You pick the tool for today's job and that's it. Exactly. Here's another angle of this question. How do you store them? Store them. God. There's Somerset coming out. How do you store them at a gig? Um, really, really badly. Yeah, and I'm actually making a purchase. Oh, oh, they're on the floor, Johnny. Uh, yeah, I've had them on the floor. I'll lean it. Yeah. Uh, I, I t- I've got a foldable stand now, but it's crap. And is it like, the little, the really tiny Hercules one that's like uh, V-shaped? Yeah, but I don't think it's a Hercules one. I think it's even cheaper where like you fold it up and, and do it and yeah, you put it well, out. Hercules and... do one like that and I refuse to believe it's actually four bases. I think I was lied to because I put my base on it and it holds it still. But if a a fly landed on it, it would knock it over. But yeah. actually this week I am actually going to purchase... Hercules do a, a stand-up stand that you mm-hmm. extend upwards to kind of like chest height and it holds two bases. I, I've got one on the way ah, as well. You'd have to let me know because I'm also yeah. going to buy a cheaper dual base case yes. and basically sort out having two bases for covers gigs. Yeah, uh, it's good. And then that will always come, that will come with me everywhere. Yeah, I really like having a double base case. I don't think the weight's too much. Um, and it's just super easy to transport in the car, you know. Yeah. It's great. I've got a really cheap one. Um, I've got a, a Ritter one, if you know. Yeah. That's like the really cheap brand. Um, I just don't want to buy another mono one because the, no, the mono gig bag I've got is really good. Mm. But I can't remember how much I paid, but it was a lot. Oh, I think it was like 160 yeah. quid or something like that. It's amazing, don't get me wrong. But the dual one's like 200, 250 quid. And I'm like, uh. yeah. it's It's a lot of money to spend. So exactly, it's a lot of money to spend on not a very exciting purchase. That's why I cheaped out in the end. The zip isn't great, but it's, it's doing the job. So I'm fine. I'm happy with it. Um, but yeah, at, I think at a gig, yeah, your best bet. You can get those like almost like the top of a stand that you attach to like the cab and you can lean. Yeah, the I've seen those. They are, they are quite cool. But again, I don't trust them. No, no, me neither. Um especially when you've got like a couple of bases or two, you know, there, what, what do you do with one of them whilst that's on there? I don't know. So I, I agree. The ones that we've, that we're going to be getting, I think are the, are the dogs. Oh, well, yours will arrive lots. before mine. So. Well, I don't uh, know. I would, it's coming I would, from America. Well, no, I haven't paid for it yet. So it's oh. got to arrive. Why is it coming from America? Why did you not get something from like Anderton's or Amazon or. Because I'm getting it for free. Oh, Johnny. Sorry. And. It holds three guitars. So that means I need a triple case now to take three. Understandable. Yeah. You know, well, I look forward to the email you send them. Mm. So I get one. But, but, obviously, 
no no brainer duh that's how this works obviously you just get free stuff for your mates it's got nothing to do with a youtube channel or anything to do with marketing or anything anything business related that's not how it works you are there to give me stuff i'm like a gear pimp you are you are heisenberg but from somerset (laughs) oh no i'm I'm the one who knocks (laughs) (laughs) knock knock here i come there is no danger, Skyler. I am the danger. Why was that Dr. <laughs> Evil? <laughs> Threw me a freaking bone here. Threw me a freaking bone, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. <laughs> um, shall we move on to the uh, next segment? Yeah, we probably should. We're here. It's the news. It's time for the news. We didn't have news last week, and it made me very sad because I love the news because I love geeking out about new gear. Yes, please. And we've got some good ones this week. Um, Chris, I'm about to send you a link um, okay. to a base that I did not know was here. Uh, it's a new model of an existing model from a company that I hold very dearly. And holy guacamole. Right. Okay. I have sent it to you. Please open Okay. It. Just so people know, we're doing the news a little bit differently this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Johnny's talking about. Mm-hmm. So, um, right, you've sent it, yeah? I'll yeah. Um, I'll load it up now. Bloody hell. That's nice. <laughs> right. That's definitely peaked. But, oh my God. Holy shit. What's that? Right. Well, let me tell you. It is the Schecter Model T for exotic in natural satin zero, zero coat. Zero coat. Uh, now available for pre-order, stock due in 10th of August, Anderton's is saying. I was just doing a quick search and that came across this and was like, oh my God. I love Schecter. I love the Model T. I've owned two of them and they're, they're, they're great. Um, this one is taking it to the whole next level, I think. The exotic ones are like, they're kind of more spicier woods, things like that. This one is the new uh, Zero Coat one, uh, Nat. Natin, natural satin. It's like a natural, well, it's exactly that. It's like a dark natural body, satin look, PJ configuration, anodized gold pit guard. It's got like telly base vibes almost, black hardware, block inlays, maple neck. Uh, and yeah, it looks roasted to me as well. All matte black um, hardware. I can, I can hear you all salivating just from me saying these words and just imagining what this thing looks like. So please check it out for yourself. That's the, one of the best looking bases I've seen in a long time. I'm obsessed with that. Incredible. Um, what do you think? That is absolutely mega. I really, really like the look of this base. Um, mm. Speaking of Schecter, I was listening to the most recent Bass Freaks episode, Mm. which had Nikki Six from Motley Crue as the guest. (gasps) Um, Really good episode, by the way, because Mm. I didn't think he was as big of a bass nerd as he actually is. That surprises me, yeah. Talks for ages about, like, why he likes certain strings. Like, he plays, like, quite a light gauge, and he was saying why he likes it. He talks about, like... Literally, like, the first major amp he bought was a Valve SVT, and he used to drag it everywhere he went, everywhere he goes, and he talks about his live ring for Motley Crue, how it's actually, like, it's two DI pedals, and that's it. 
Um, one's like a distorted valve tone. The others are pretty clean DI and the blended. Really good, really good episode. But he's got two signature Schecter models. Yeah. And I looked them up and I was like, they are so much nicer. And no offense to Nikki Six, but obviously it is Motley Crue. So I kind of accepted, I kind of expected it to look like dog shit on fire. No. No. The Schecter Jazz Bass. Is really stunning. nice stunning yeah. the j4 is amazing and his one is like a road-worn white ivory white one yeah. isn't it black pit guard it is beautiful i remember when that got released and i was fangirling over it so much i was like that it's is super nice glorious and yeah Schecter. people need to look at Schecter more because they are doing amazing things um going back to this model t it is 1200 pounds um so I think for what you're getting, like that's a pretty fair price. I think like it's insane. If it was like, if it was like 700, I would be buying it now. I think I'd be like, Oh my God, I need that now. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a little bit out of my price range right now, but stunning bit of gear. Um, go and check it out for yourself. Now we're going to go from stunning to not so stunning in my opinion. Okay. Um, Sire, this again. I looked this up ten minutes before we started recording to make sure I hadn't missed anything. Turned out, are you gonna? Are we gonna blind react again? I can. You can blind react, but there's. Uh, I'm gonna send you a link to like their new bass guitars page because it's got all the finishes etc. on okay. there as well. So you'll just be able to see them. There might be some on the first page as well, but you'll you'll get the general gist. Um, Very well. Yeah, because I I don't know. I get I get what they're going for here, but. I don't know. I have sent you another link for you to have a look at. Okay. Spoiler, it ain't pretty. Um, well, I the thumbnail think. has just come up, and it's uh, it, it's not great. <laughs> Let's just see what happens here, because I've clicked yeah. to open the link. Let me just see what it does. Well, let me, let me fill the air with letting the people know what's going on here. So... Much to my surprise, I didn't know about this. They're brand new. Sire have released some new models of their V5. This is the passive jazz bass. Um, but the difference being with these new ones is that they are 24 fret versions. So for those that want that extended range and want to go even higher up that fretboard, 24 frets, um, now you can with the new Sire Marcus Miller V5 24 fret. Uh, it comes in left-handed, it comes in obviously right-handed, fretless, fretted. That's one thing that Sire do amazingly, is like all the different versions you can have. They're really inclusive in that regard. However, my God, it is ugly, I think. Like, it's got, in order to allow you the upper fret access, it's just like a bigger cutaway on the lower horn of the jazz bass. And the pickups are slightly further apart by the looks of it. I don't know. It, it's pretty ugly to me. It's just that like little subtle change that isn't really working. And add that to the headstock. It's just a bit of a weird looking jazz bass, I think. Have you had a proper look? Yeah, it's kind of like a bit of an uncanny valley kind of thing. You know, where you look at it and go, it's a jazz bass, but something's wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but my, your brain can't quite work out what it is. I mean, we know what it is. It's that, it's that extended cutaway to accommodate for the extra two frets. 
Well, no, it'd be more than two. Is it a twenty-four? Is it a twenty-two fret neck normally, or is it nineteen? Uh, oh no! Uh, tw- oh, now you've got me. Uh, twenty twenty normally, isn't it? 20, I have absolutely oh, no, no idea. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 16. Yeah, twenty or twenty-one. I think is, is okay. Normal. Well, so that's I mean, actually, I mean, so it doesn't seem that much more. Um, I mean, I'm going to be incredibly honest. Bass players, if you're going up that end of the fretboard, <laughs> good, good for you. Because yeah, uh, right. I don't know what you're doing, but um, the professionals, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, let's not go there. But uh, yeah, I haven't been north of the 15th fret in quite a while, I've got to be honest yeah. with you. Get a six string. All the money, all the money is up till the 7th fret, okay? Anything after that, pack it in. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, this is, this is. I nearly swore then, this is minging. Yeah. Uh, and like, I don't normally, like it at all. No, normally I love uh, like a vintage blonde with a gold pickguard maple neck base, mm-hmm. and they've got that finish in here, and it looks rank. It looks like <laughs> it looks like shit. Like, it, it just doesn't like with the block inlays as well. Nah, not on that one. Uh, that I will. I'm happy to admit though that, as in that design that you just mentioned, that I'm looking at right now, that yeah. as a, in a normal jazz bass styling would look super cool. I would yeah. love, I would absolutely love that. The seafoam green one looks ace. The red one looks amazing. Not the biggest fan of the natural one, but it's still two natural ones, the burst one and then the wood one, but they still look mm. great. Just that shape makes me just feel a bit ill is the yeah. only way I could describe it. It's like, it's oh, not God, right. The, the five string. Also like the, the because um, it's a roasted maple neck, the headstock's super dark. They're super really Oh yeah. Oh, I've just seen that. Um, yeah, and I don't can, like it. However, that can work cool in context, but not on those finishes. Yeah. However, though, just to say a nice thing about Sire, mm. 24 fret, five string for £600 is really good. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like the, That's great value. They're still smashing it and blowing other brands out of the water. And I don't doubt this is a great base. Having Rolled edges. P, exactly. The P5 and the D5... Like they were fantastic and they've got roll fretboard edges and that's, you know, ugh, I, I, I want that again, the roll fretboard feel because it's so good. Um, so there's no doubt that these are fantastic bases. They're just a bit grim. They're just a bit grim. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a fan. Um, yeah. I'm not saying I, I hate them. No, actually, <laughs> I do. I hate yeah. it. I think yeah. it's horrible. Um, sorry, Sire, if you're listening to this, I would love it if you could just give me anything else. Anything else is great, but as for this, um, no, thank you. <laughs> Kindly decline. No, I think I'll be busy that day. Sorry. So whilst I was surfing the Anderton's website to look at see if there's any other new products, I did come across something which I think came out a couple of weeks ago but didn't talk about, uh, and that is that you can now buy... Uh, FGN bases uh, from Andertons at a very reasonably reasonable price. Um, so for those that don't know, FGN is uh, Fujigen. So they are a Japanese company famous for making uh, the factory. The Fujigen factory is where they make all the uh, made in Japan fenders, and they're in you know quite high regard. So it's like it's a bit like Court really, where they make loads of other people's stuff in Indonesia. And then they release their own brand, Cool. Uh, and so that's what FGN is. 
Anyway, lovely bit of history there. They have released their jazz-based models, uh, the the Mighty Jazz and the Expert Mighty Jazz, uh, two different price points um, to to the UK for, for the first time to distribute. So that's amazing. Uh, they've got um, a standard kind of normal jazz bass uh, with two singles, and then their um, they've got one with a humbucker in the bridge as well. So kind of more your kind of like Stat Sandberg style. They got it in four strings, five strings. Uh, they've got a really cool like matte black one, open pour black it's called. Um, and yeah, the the most affordable one is about six hundred pounds, and then they kind of go up to sixteen hundred to seven eighteen hundred pounds even across the range. So there is a there's a big range of uh, ones you can get in there. But yeah, I am a big fan of uh, FGN. I've got one of their older jazz basses that looks more like a fender um rather than the new fgm mighty jazzes they're a bit this is that thing where it's an uncanny valley but done right where yeah. it's like slight tweaks but looks looks fine <laughs> essentially mm. but yeah i would if you haven't played an fgm before i would i would urge you to check them out because they are are very very nice if you see one in a shop and yeah go for it no i never have uh the only thing japanese basses i've ever played are um one jdm it's a japanese domestic model which is my erudine and um i fucking hate my erudine (laughs) (laughs) however looking good (laughs) however it's the prettiest bass i own by a long way and it just need i just i need to take it to someone and just have them put it back in standard tuning get the frets all nice and you know just drop a bit of money on it and get it nice and like in working order and i think i think what i'm going to do is turn that and my jazz bass into like my lean mean wedding machines yeah that's what they call me exactly a lean mean wedding machine yeah i'm also annoyed at how slick i went to say lean mean wedding machine and just completely fumbled the word machine lean mean wedding (laughs) <laughs> so that's good and yeah i'm gonna leave that in um whatever you've just sent me is so cool <laughs> that's that's the black one so the matte black version of it is that is the, those those emgs yeah so the more the more affordable ones have the fuji gem pickups and then you with the more expensive ones you get seymour duncan quarter pounders and then with this one the j standard mighty jazz oh my god and then a load of ibanez style letters and random the jmj2ashdem thanks catchy uh bass guitar in open pore black that has got emgs a single coil in the neck and a humbucker in the bridge so absolute golden combination looks really cool cool. that it's a grand which is not um, i mean it's too much for me but it's not bad however it's out of stock there are zero available to order and none yeah. available in the store. So I don't think, and it's new, so I don't think you're getting one anytime soon. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of when the Quad Cortex came out and like it was like the, you had a waiting list, I remember, if I remember correctly. Mad yeah. for a product that isn't even finished. Yeah. Insane. Still isn't finished. No, it's still not. No, it's no. mental. Uh, comes in a four string and a five string all of those ones that we've said uh as the same with the checker as well actually it comes in a five string so Super very cool. very cool bits of news i think i'm gonna be i'm very cool. now <laughs> like please 
Absolutely. 100%. That is cool. That Seriously, they are very, very nice. Would you like yeah. to move on to question two? Uh, let's do just that. It's time for question two. I know I say this with every question, but it's a good question, this, because as soon as you sent it to me, I immediately knew what I wanted to talk about. You can go first, but I, it, this is a no-brainer for me. Okay, so question two I, this week, go on. Sorry, no, I went I went to start answering the question oh. because I know the question, but then I realised that you hadn't yet read but the question. But they don't know the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and But, however, if we then speak about the answers to our question and then say the question at the end when yeah. you re-listen to this episode oh my God, the layers it'll all make sense okay do, well, guys answer, do you understand what we're doing here do, do you my see answer, my answer is seven inches wow mine's four uh anyway um sorry what were we talking about big ba- no not big base debate they're talking about no we're doing that uh, we're doing pedals that later. pedals chris we it's pedals hooray so question two this week is what What's the best pedal you wish you had never gotten rid of? Mm. I'm going to let you go first this time because I was so eager to answer the first question. So you may go first this time. Jonathan Dibble to serve. How very kind. Um, I There's a couple for me, really. Uh, the main one, and I was thinking about it in the car today, <laughs> the pedal in question, because... It is the Source Audio Aftershock. Um, now, never tried one. Always wanted to. Yeah, great. And pedal, the C4. Man. Great pedal. Source Audio. Don't I don't see enough of, of them. Um, the Aftershock is essentially a distortion, fuzz, and overdrive all in one, and you just flip between the three. Now, I I think I just left it mainly on the distortion setting. I, I remember not loving the fuzz on it, but. Holy guacamole, such a good sounding drive. I've got multiple songs that I, ri- I wrote years ago and I was listening to them in, in the car the other day um, and was like, man, this bass tone sounds great. I was like, oh yeah, it's the it's the Aftershock. So I definitely want to try and uh, pick one up soon, I think, if I, if I see one for sale secondhand. Because uh, yeah, fantastic pedal. Um, the other one I will give, um, I think there's some more, but my first honorable mention is going to go to the tech 21 sans amp because i you know you don't sans amp guy i thought you've had a sans amp i do i do this is my fourth one (laughs) and that's why it's falling into this category because it's so you've you've is you've made this mistake three times yes every single time I'll, i'll buy one and be like this is great i love this uh, do you know what? I kind of want this other preamp now, or this is tickling my pickle now. So I'm gonna, uh, I'll sell the sounds out. And then every single time I end up going back <laughs> and then I'll be like, I bought like the one with the three switches on it. And then they brought out the newer one with the mid control. And I was like, oh, I'm not really using the three. I want the mids and then sold that, bought that, you know, like, so it's always back and forth. So it's, it is always the one I regret getting rid of at the end of the day. So that's not going to happen again. This one's staying put. But yeah, if you say so. Don't. I mean, we've got you on record now, so yeah. Who knows? Who Interesting. Knows? Um, Chris, I can see you, and you're on the edge of your seat. You're, you're jumping. I am. I'll start by quickly saying I have actually never played a Sansamp. I've played 
the digital version that lives in the quad cortex mm. and i hate it mm. and i've played the free plugin that comes with pro tools yeah really liked it. Mm. it it's a it's a difficult thing to capture the sans amp it's got a very it's not a capture it's not a capture it's it's a it's a digital pedal like the Sorry. hx stomp has yes that's, but what, just, that's what i mean i mean not yeah like, not actual the wrong words not a capture like a I know emulation Difficult to emulate. Yeah, different um, thing, difficult beast to harness. Yes, for sure. It's very mm. specific. Um, okay. Um, I would like to try one. And I, I have a horrible feeling I will try one and go, well, that will do, and just get rid of everything else. Because I would love to have the most boring rig possible now. Wireless compressor tuner sans amp. I'd love that. But anyway, yeah. that's not what we're talking about today. Um, the one pedal... I've sold that I regret and I really actually, I'm not just saying this, I really do regret this pedal. I do regret selling this pedal. Um, Dark Glass B7K Ultra. I thought you were going to say a, like a Boss Metal Zone or something. Wow. No, I've still got one. <laughs> it's that thing's not going anywhere. Um, that Absolutely not. That really surprised me. I wasn't expecting that at all. Mm. Wow. Did weird. you know I so- had one? Yes, because then okay. didn't you sell? Is it you sold that to get the Adam, or was that yes weeks before? Yes, so it's one of very few bass pedals I've ever owned because I had a Kemper for ages, um, but that's only just recently been sold. But I was using the Kemper for ages, and I was like, I want to be able to kind of like tweak the distortion a bit better. So instead of using like the distortion that comes with one of the profiles in the Kemper. Which, to be fair, sounded really good because I did get some very good uh, presets for it. I wanted to discover it myself, so have like a clean amp and then use a distortion. So I ended up finding a B7K. I bought one secondhand. It was the version one of the Ultra. So it was the Ultra with two buttons, but no cab sim. Mm, I was going to say. So it had an XLR out, but there was no option for a cab sim, which I was a bit gutted about. And actually, um, the guy was kind of not clear on that until it arrived in the post, and I realised he never lied. He just implied, so he never out, he never out and out went. This is the one with the cab sim, but he didn't exactly go. Just so you know, this is the one that doesn't have the cab sim. Uh, so that okay. but, so that's strike one. But yeah, loved it. Um, and then the Adam came out, and I basically thought, well this is great. I can bin off the Kemper and I can just, my entire rig can be this one pedal. So I sold the B7K to get money for the Adam, bought the Adam, had a couple of problems that I will not disclose in a public forum involving the Adam and then was left with no pedals. And then coincidentally, I was offered a incredibly good deal on a quad cortex when they just come out. So I got to, and I will not be telling people why, but I was able to completely skip the uh, waiting list. And then I got that and went, well, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life ever. And sold pretty much everything else. I sold a couple of Strymon pedals, whammy pedal, a couple of wah-wah pedals, tuners, everything. And then now here I am and I'm, I'm pretty happy. However, I would love, love, Johnny, to have my Quad Cortex and then the B7K in the loop. Mm. 
as a pedal that I can turn on and off on my pedal board via the quad cortex. And that would just be my drive for everything, really. It so, would probably also be just like always on. So yeah. I could have that into like an SVT or straight into a cab sim, have all my compression either side and my effects. I'd love, because as much as I like, there's a B3K in the quad cortex. I talked about this, but it's only like the B3K. So it's got like a drive, a blend, a tone, and then a bite and a, and a grunt. It's only got that. So I can't do what the Ultra did, where I could do all the subtle EQ moves and I could like knock out 500 hertz and boost 3K, you know, all, and then cut 5K a little bit, you know, all these kind of things. Can't do that with the Quad Cortex. So as a result, that's the only pedal that I regret selling uh, ever. What a, what a travesty. What I know. A story. Um, but I'm not willing to spend the money and get one. So... Yeah. <laughs> And they do, they do pop up on the used market, but not like massively. And with dark glass gear, it holds its value because it's still very hot product. Yeah, I know. sold mine for maybe 20 quid less than what I paid for it secondhand. And it's because yeah. I was in a rush to get rid of it. If I'd sat it on Facebook Marketplace for more money and I was like, I'm in no rush, like I did with my Kemper, mm. I would have got, I reckon I would have turned a profit. But... I, I, I wanted the Adam and I wanted it like quick because I needed it quick for what I, for the band I was in. I needed what I was replacing with straight away. Yeah. And that band at the time virtually banned me from using a Kemper, which was a bit weird. But, um, well, you know what band I'm talking about. But anyway, I do, yeah, 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 yeah. Bit strange. But yeah. Anywho, well into that. Anyway. B7K, B7K Ultra. It could have been the, the version two for all I care. Just the, the slightly bigger pedal version of the B7K. I miss it dearly. I saw one in Amsterdam, actually. I've just remembered. I went to Amsterdam a few weeks ago with my girlfriend, and we randomly walked past a guitar shop which had one of the prettiest stingrays I've ever seen in my life in the window. So Where's the, we, where's the photos, man? Why didn't you... Yeah, no, I completely forgot. I've just realised I didn't even tell you about this. Yeah. So we wandered in, and... I'm not going to say the name of the shop because I'm not going to paint him in the best light, but it was this American guy. And if you've got Google, you'll figure it out because it's like expensive bases in Amsterdam. Well, it was one shop. Great. Um, The guy wanted to mansplain everything to me. Like he was like, he, he, he tried to explain... Yeah, there's this company from, from Finland called Dark Glass. I don't know if you've heard of them. And I was like, mate... Come on. And then he started talking to me about Dingwalls, being like, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, they've got this strange fretboard technology. And I'm like, yeah, mate, I've got one. <laughs> just, I just didn't reply. And he was like, oh, which one have you got? Um, I've got an NG2. In fact, it's the same as that one in the window. So, like, oh, oh, right. Okay, cool. But yeah, we got some really good stuff here. I don't know if this company called Finland called Dark Glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dark Glass. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had several products made by them and the amp um oh it's that amp right there and yeah. oh this went on and on and on but they had the dingwall anniversary pedal super cool mm. and they had a b7k and they had the b7k the exact one i got rid of but then they had that anniversary one which was like matte black you know with like the yeah. smaller logo and i was looking at my girlfriend jen going i really 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 want this 
And uh, luckily, um, my girlfriend Jen is um, the voice of reason when she needs to be the voice of reason. She's also a co-conspirator when she needs to be. But in that particular example, she knew I was a bit money conscious about some other things. So she was like... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Do you act, you don't, we both know you don't need it. You just Mm -hmm. want it because you have ADHD. And I was like, very, very good point. I will now leave the establishment. But I spent the next day walking around Amsterdam, 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 walking around Amsterdam going, God, I really want that pedal. Should we go back back the way we came? Yeah, I think there was a, there was a cafe we wanted to go. Yeah, that restaurant. Yeah, it was that way. Like maybe if we take a trip to a coffee shop first and then go past there. Oh, get really. I did not do that in Amsterdam. I did not get high in Amsterdam because uh, I just have a feeling I'd be one of those guys that has a bit and then has a nervous breakdown. So I thought, <laughs> I'm not going to bother. Um, Jen's been to Amsterdam like seven times. So that shit would not have worked. She would have been like, yeah, she's still I know like, exactly what. And also she's got like homing pigeon memory. She would have been like, no, that's on that street. And the guitar shop is on that street. Don't you lie to me. We're going this way. Stop it. Um, <laughs> oh. oh, but uh, yeah, really wanted to buy it. But yes, big tangent. Dark Glass B7K Ultra. If one pops up in the future for a good price, it's very likely I'll just buy one. Mm. Well, keep an eye out and uh, uh, reach out. You know. Oh, you know, Dark Glass. If you, you know, if you're listening, I don't ask for much. Just kidding. I ask for literally everything. Um, It's my birthday soon. I don't know if that matters to you or not. However, I'll stop. Johnny from doing videos for you, maybe? No, I won't. Like, you won't do that. Can you imagine industrial action? I managed yeah. to cut dark glass off from the UK base market. <laughs> wow, that that's a stretch. Unlimited power. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. Shall we thank you for the question? Shall we move on? Yes, a great question. Uh yes, let's of course move on. <laughs> It is time for the big base debate. Wowie. Wowie. Here we are. Here we go. It's actually my favourite Lord and Atlantis song. But anyway, um, the big base debate is 
any advice for bass auditions? Ooh. Now, what a quinky dink. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Yeah, mental. Um, I wonder where that came from. Auditions. So when might one do auditions for bass? Um, People are just begging to have bass players, aren't they? Um, Well, you know, we're not always just some guitarist that's been chucked on on bass. Um, Well, I am. Yeah, well, yeah, me too. But for professional bass players and bass settings, you know, there's competition and you need to audition to make sure that you are yourself good enough to fit the project that uh, that you're auditioning for. Um, now, I'm going to put my hands up. I've never auditioned for uh, a band before. Interesting. I've not needed to, but I have depth for a band and then I became my current band and then became the bass player. So I kind of, I can kind of say like what it's like to play with new people, you know, and trying to give that impression and trying to impress them and and what you can do to kind of help yourself in those situations but but you sir are definitely more equipped to talk about this uh due to your recent um goings on in your life because you've recently uh had an audition to be in a band is that right that is correct um interestingly enough i have only ever had to audition twice ever for anything one was uni Yes, you auditioned to go to uni, which was ridiculous. Uh, that was from, for Salford Uni, which I think I graduated actually six years ago next week. But, that's God, that's so long. Um, that was an audition. I don't think there's any particularly relevant advice I can give for that one because it's specifically university. And um, I use very little of the knowledge I was given uh, in my day-to-day life as a musician despite being the proud owner of a music degree. But anyway, I digress. Uh, yes, so about two weeks ago, maybe three at the very most, I went and did an audition. I actually went and did an audition for a wedding band, which was even more surprising. So, a couple of weeks prior, and bass players, you probably saw this ad on... If you're someone who who's access to... Sorry, if you're someone who is a member of, like, bass player needed in the Northwest kind of thing. You probably saw this. There was a band called the MIB Band who were looking for a full band because they're based down south. And because they're so busy and they get so many requests for up north, um, they're making a second band, like a, like a sister band. You really don't because we don't want you there. That's the main reason. Ah, um, yeah. We... Uh, but yeah, they put a, a a casting call out, if you will, looking for singers, guitarists, bass players, drummers, keyboard players, saxophone players, pretty much everyone. And um, I emailed with the answers to the questions they were looking for and some video footage of me playing at a recent gig, which is, what, again, what they asked for, and they invited me down to an audition. The audition... Now, I don't know the full details because I can only speak about my bits... But essentially, it kind of sounded like they booked a big rehearsal space out for the entire day and they were bringing people in in waves. So I showed up with another drummer, another guitarist, two singers, a saxophone player and a keyboard player. And we had to play the two songs they'd given us and then they were going to throw out some songs. They didn't say what they were. 
So, um, yeah, very interesting. I was absolutely bricking it, but because uh, I was like, oh, God, if you ask for Summit Mental by the Bee Gees, I'm going to cry because a lot of wedding tunes punish you as a bass player because it's a lot of funk, and I am not a funk player. I'm just, I'm just not, not as... Um, there's a fingering joke in here, and I'm not going to do it, but my right hand lets me down. Anywho, so... We're going to talk about auditions. How shall we do this? I mean, because I don't want to just talk for the entire day because it'll go on for ages. Of course. Well, how, what song did they throw at you, first of all? Well, I'll start with the two they told me to play. Yeah. So I had to learn Finally by C.C. Penniston, which, uh, you know, finally it's happened to me. That one pops up loads. Like, that's a proper staple wedding tune. And it's got a really cool bass line. So I already knew that. I was like, buzzing. And then also, Moves Like Jagger. Which okay. again, uh, the, the, you know, they're nothing weird. These are, I would say, most gigs I'm playing those two tunes. Yeah. More Moves Like Jagger. I'm often surprised when that's not on the set list, basically. That's up there with like Mr. Brightside and Superstition and Signed, Sealed, Delivered and all those kind of things. So those two. We get that. We play the two tunes um, I actually got there too early, accidentally, because I wanted to leave time in case I hit traffic. And I got there as the group before me were setting up. So you were So like- I watched the band. I watched the band before me, which I think might have been quite helpful wait, for, for my you, sake. Wait, so you sat in on the practice room? Yeah. Oh. I said I'd go wait <laughs> like in my the car. the little boy in the corner, like... Well, I said, I'm, I, I knocked on the door, the open, and I was like, I'm really sorry, I'm here for the audition. I am half an hour early. I just wanted to say hello and show my face. I'll go wait in my car if you want. And they went, no, 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 just come in. So I came in and watched them. And they were really good. Like the band, the band were really good. Like The bass player was really good. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> How this often is bad. for the other bass player, though? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know. I don't think he knew I was a bass player. No, I mean, yeah. I was staring at him the entire time. So maybe <laughs> he it was has Dingwall in hand. Uh, music man, actually, I, to yeah, be specific. But yes, bass in hand. I was waving the quad cortex at him. Um, look at this. Look at this. Mine's <laughs> better than yours. Mine's better than yours. He had a really big HX uh, floor unit. He had the oh. big helix, the 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 spenny one. And I was like, wow. cool. His octave sound sounded amazing. But anyway. So that's not relevant to this discussion because we're here to offer advice. So um, the two songs, they, they actually called out. Yes, they call it two songs. I thought they call it three. They said they'd only call out one. So the woman who was there, who was the singer for the, act, the, the, the band down south, she was there overseeing everything. They filmed it all. They recorded it all on a multi-track record as in via a mixing desk, there was a sound engineer and two cameramen filming. This is this is this is wild. They really wanted to check if we were good or not. Yeah. Um, the two songs, the, the the first song they threw out was uh, "Teenage Dirtbag." Oh, I play that every day, mate. Yeah, all day, every day. Because they weren't trying to stitch you up. They were like, yeah, yeah. they're gonna be songs that you're familiar with we just want to see how you react. And they'd even said in the email to refer, because if you're thinking about this panicking, they did say in the email, if you get it wrong, it's fine. We're kind of there to see how you respond to maybe, because sometimes at a wedding, people will shout out requests. 
I've actually never played a wedding where we've played the request. <laughs> because most of the bands I gig with for wedding bands, they're on click and backing tracks, and it's kind of a show. So it's kind of like a, we don't do requests. Or yeah. the request that's been thrown out has been so unbelievably dumb that we're not doing it. Someone shouted YYZ at me the other day. You're like, perfect. The Rush song. And I was Bit like, oh, yeah, mate, cheers, yeah, 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 because I'm not tired already. And then last week, a woman was genuinely serious and asked for Barbie Girl. And the okay. singer said through the mic, I'm equally hyped for the film as much as you are. We're not playing Barbie Girl. Sorry. And that this was right. This is Walk the Moon. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so they shouted that out. And then, interestingly enough, the, 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 the uh, singer again said you've done too many rock songs here. We want to throw something else at you. And she made the, oh, she asked for superstition. And I was so happy. Because <laughs> like, oh, I, no. I can really overplay superstition now because it's like yeah. I can, the bass part is, is actually really simple. But like when you play it multiple times a week, you end up writing more complicated bits. So I went nuts. I had a great time. But, um, yeah, so we need to turn this around to actual advice now. So, well, Would you advise that, you know, being able to play around it? Is that essential or to impress them? In this example, yes, because they'd said we're looking for, like, a performy band. So they'd said, like, they wanted us to show up with... Um, clothes similar to what we'd wear at a wedding anyway so i showed up basically looking like josh Hom, which that i was very such, happy with such an important thing to ask i was in a black suit with i was in like a black suit with black jeans with a like floral short sleeve shirt on underneath that has tigers on it and i'm not gonna yeah. and i slicked my hair all the way back i've not done the fringe it was like slit back i was like you know what I look cool today. So I went for that. Now, what I did was as well, for the two songs that were for the audition, the two core songs, I did nothing. I played the part. So finally, by CC Penniston, has one bass riff all the way through. And I did that. And then when the chorus is kicked in, because it's quite a high up part, it's like a high B is the first note, I turned the octave pedal on. Just nice. to fatten it, and then I took it off again for the verses yeah. that's all i did didn't change anything moves like jagger i played it exactly how the original is which is pretty simple with the exception of the last chorus i did a walking line into the second chord because it's only two chords all the way through and the reason why i did that and this is a nice little tip for you bass players if you're boring all the way through the song and then for one bar you rip something that is so much more impactful than you doing something every couple of bars. So if you're super boring and then you do something really cool for one moment and nail it, yeah. and I know this is true because I just I did it, everyone in the room looked at me. Everyone. The people I was trying to impress, the sound engineer went, ooh, out loud. And I think that was like brownie points because the, the guy before me, I would say played more interesting parts, but after the first sort of three or four times he did something interesting, it lost me because I kind of mm. knew it was coming. 
So I wasn't impressed anymore. It was like, yeah, really cool feel. Here we go. One, two, three. Yeah, that was great. And it was great. Every feel was amazing. He sounded brilliant. But because I was like, I sank into the background for two and a half minutes mm. and then stepped forward and grabbed everyone's attention and then dipped again. So I was, That leaves a more lasting impression, doesn't it? Yes. They're like, oh, like that bit yeah. was great. And it, it has that impact. And like you say, we're not a classic Chris Hawk saying we're best supporting actors. So it's like, take the back seat until it is your time to be the comedic relief, you know, or, or something, you know. Yeah. Or, uh, and it was the same for Teenage Dirtbag. I just played the part. The only thing I did was uh, I turned a fuzz on at the end. You know, it goes back into the, oh, yeah, dirtbag, that bit. Yeah. I just turned the fuzz on and it was massive. So I noticed that you've talked about effects, you know, use the octave, using the fuzz here. How important do you think it is to bring gear into, into an audition situation? Because um, there might be some people that don't have that at their disposal. Their disposal. Obviously, that's going to have impact on whether they choose you, whether you've got the the gear and the idea um, and like the ability to drive, you know, all those kind of aspects. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the um, ability to drive, they'd even said, if you can't drive, please don't audition. Yeah, I mean... Because I've got, and I've got to stress to you guys, everyone who's listening, if you can't drive and you want to do this for a job, you really, really need to learn to drive. You really need to learn to drive. A hundred percent of my work is I am either driving myself to the gig and back, or I'm at least driving somewhere, even if it's Mm. just 20 minutes down the motorway to a meetup point, you know, someone's house, something like that, and then going to the gig. You've got to drive. If you can't drive, I think you're really stunting your opportunity 100%. To, to, to get the work at the end of the I day. That's a great piece of advice, you know, because that could be a shock for some people expecting it to be, um, you know, not that and uh, thinking, oh, well, you know, I'll meet people who are going to be local. And no, that's not always the opportunity. And to, to grab, the, grab the nettle in this instance, you need to be able to literally put yourself out there. Yeah. Uh, and get to um, but to get back to the gear part, not essential. I brought it because I had it. But if you do have it, bring it. Now, they told me, because I went and asked, will there be an amp at the space for the audition? If so, and you're able to tell me, what is it? That would just be very helpful. If you don't know, it's not the end of the world. I will bring an amp mm-hmm. and a cab. But obviously, you'd be do- obviously it's going to make my life easier if the- there is one. And they said there is an amp. They told me what the amp is, and it was the amp. Guess what it was? An Ashdown Mag 210 combo. You're you're quite close, I'm not going to lie. Um, big boy Ashdown valve amp, uh, 8x10. Oh, right, okay. So full, like, ABM. It was in a flight case that had the word Razor Light on the side of it. Uh, okay. Okay, nice. So that's cool. And yeah. by the way, Ashdown, if you're listening, that was a really good amp. <laughs> I'd never played one. I've never played an Ashdown, apart oh, from like really? the bottom of the barrel practice room amps. I don't know what they are. are they, is the Mag series the, the, the Mag lower was end? Like the, yeah, it was like the silver face. Yeah, ones. I've played those. And yeah, unfortunately, a lot re- of them have been broken. I never really it, liked them. Well, they were broken because they lived in practice rooms, unfortunately. But... 
um that was like a really good like i think it was full i think it might have been full valve you know preamp yeah. and power amp or at least preamp sounded fantastic but yeah they told me that so i arrived and i brought my pedals with me i brought my pedal board if you've got a pedal board i'd re- I bring it you know you want to control as many variables as you can so mm. if they tell you what amp it is and you, it's a pile of crap you know it's something really re- it's a roland cube practice amp 31. and it's and it's like you know there's going to be a drummer in there so you know it's going to be useless i would if you can because we've already said suggested you should drive you say to them i would like to bring my amp if you're not cool with it it's fine i won't bring it but yeah. i would like to bring my amp do i need to arrive early to have this ready etc the et last thing you need in this situation is to be tripped up by the gear like correct stressing about it i'm thinking the tone sounds bad therefore i sound bad yeah. therefore i feel bad therefore i play bad correct you, know, you want to be confident in the way and be one of the ways in to yeah. prepare is to ha- have the best sounding rig possible to suit that need you know you're not going to bring along all your dark glass stuff for this wedding band and be like yeah listen to this absolutely ripping distorted tone um you're gonna you know uh feel the need well, I have a wedding preset yeah. on the Quad Cortex, which is not, for example, what I use with Dala. If anything, it couldn't be any more different. But, yeah. um, you know, and that's an SVT with some compression and a few little pedals, like there's a filter. I'm not, I'm not a, the biggest fan of the filters in the Quad Cortex, but it's fine. There's a filter, a fuzz, a really light drive, a chorus and an octave. And I've got to be honest... The only, most of the time I'm turning the chorus on or the octave. You know, when we play Sex on Fire, I'll put the drive on. You know, when we're doing like the rock ones, I'll turn the drive on. But it's most of the time. And also there's barely any treble on the tone. In fact, I've got a filter that anything above 3K is gone. Mm. And I don't turn the treble up on the amp or anything like that because it's like... And like for Dala. Well, with Dala, it's like, you know, jangy, jangy, ding wall really bright lots of clacky tones lots of clacky sounds because that's what it needs it needs because it's a low tuned heavy music it needs that i know people weirdly don't like it now but um it it needs the ding wall sound and i want the ding wall sound for that project i have done weddings with the ding wall but again it's through this preset that doesn't sound like doesn't really sound like a ding wall it sounds like a nice five string so yeah every variable you have control of be in control of that. And the other advice while it pops into my head, over-prepare. Practice to the point where it's funny how much practice you've done. I can't tell you how many times I played the two songs on loop because I really wanted the gig. And I got the gig, I should probably mention. Um, That would have been helpful. It would have been good if I gave all this advice and then went, (laughs) oh yeah, they picked someone else. But uh, yeah, I got the gig (laughs) and it's because... Exactly. I got the gig and it's because I showed up and I was like, you could have a hurricane going on in this room right now and I will play this song. Like, there's no... I will not make a mistake because I have outworked any self-doubt or any... The muscle memory was there. It was all locked in. So if you are auditioning for something and it doesn't have to be bass, it can be anything, don't be like... I've learned it. I've run it a few times. I reckon I'm good. If you really want it, 
it's only going to be for like two days or something, depending on what the project is. Don't bother winging it. Just like really lock it in. Otherwise, what's the point of showing up? Because I'm sure there were probably some people there who were like, eh, it'd be fine. And my group was pretty good, to be fair. The group of people I was with. But I reckon, if I had to guess, I'm saying they must have done at least 10 bass players. At least. Maybe more. And they probably vetted a lot of them out via looking at their social media, for example. Well, that's another bit of string of advice, isn't it? Outside of the bass playing and the gear. Very true. Is is your profile and how you present yourself. We'll talk a little bit about presenting yourself in person in a minute yeah we'll jump to that in a minute yeah factors into it massively um but massively yeah like how they their first impression of you like i've been auditioning drummers before and i've done a similar thing where we've hosted like a day and and we've invited a few down and we play a jam out you know and and see how it goes and that's like the social media is a the first contact i have with them and i can kind of gauge what they're like um and can also um uh, get an impression for, I don't know, what their thought process is on, like, like for me, like how they present themselves or like the content they put together, the quality of it, you know, like where does their mind go <laughs> in that type of thing? Like for, for original span, I think that's quite important, that kind of mindset. Um, and that's my experience with trying to find people. You want to get someone that's quite switched on with that kind of thing, um, depending on the project that you're doing. Um, but, from your perspective and for people that want to get auditions as well is to have uh not even a social media presence but to have content on there or something that shines you in a good light i would say so i think it's helpful like i treat my instagram as a business card so that's why i bring the gopro with me i'm not massively in love with the fact that the audio isn't life-changing on the gig videos that I post because for me it it I mean I am going to do content and I have done content where the audio is good but for the sake of those videos it's more there to say hey look at me I'm active I'm working I am in demand mm. you want me you know that kind of thing because if I had nothing on my social media it might look like well maybe he's not that good because yeah. he does, he doesn't look like he gigs. Whereas people look at my social media and go, "Oh, geez, he gigged here, he gigged here, he gigged here. Then he gigged here. This is him yeah. playing this. This is him playing a metal song. This is him playing bloody Miley Cyrus. This guy might actually be quite good, you know. That's you my that's my serious. process. You got to look serious, and people can get that first instance. Of, oh yeah, no, like this this guy's the real deal, you know, kind of thing. Or like they're passionate. Um, so yeah, that shines through. I think that brings us nicely onto how you also present yourself in person. Um, because I think we can sum it up in four words, maybe, of, you know, like, don't be a dick. <laughs> That's four words. Um, if you're turning up to these things, you need to be, you need to sell yourself and to be super friendly and super uh, not weird. <laughs> I suppose That's a strange umbrella, but... I don't know. It's you got to really think about how you present yourself and the attitude that you bring along um, to an audition like that. I think you know you really want to get along with these people. There's even in a, a working band, or, or I'm sure when you're depping, you know you need to network and make these relationships and build on it. 
um, in order to get more work and to grow your um, network of people, you know. Uh, so it's so it's probably half the job, you know, of doing that kind of thing. And I mean, what's your impression on that? Well, one hundred percent of my work has been from word of mouth. All and that's paid work. All of the income that comes into my pocket, I am sure social media has helped. I'm sure other bits have been helpful, but every bit of work and every new person that messages me has messaged me because like, hey, I saw you were playing with blah, blah, blah. I messaged them. They said you were great. We need someone for this day. Are you mm. available? So if I was an arse, which is hilarious because I am, but if I was an arse and I was unprofessional, I would not be recommended on by other people so right i think this is an interesting point to discuss because i would describe myself as quite annoying (laughs) that's like that's like how i would describe myself like i'm very chatty i'm in public very extroverted when i get home i'm actually very introverted like my idea of a good time and i'm not joking when i say this is sat on my own watching tv or you know in my own space, doing something where I'm not disturbed. You know, yeah. I don't recharge my personal batteries going out and spending time with people. I enjoy doing that, and I enjoy play- I enjoy performing to people. But a lot of people get their energy from performing. I need to get my energy from somewhere else and then perform, and then I'm yeah. really tired, and I need to go drive home or go to sleep or sit in the back room for half an hour and just de-escalate things. That's what I've got to do. But I would describe myself when you meet me as a a little too chatty for my own good. Uh, But when it comes to work stuff, I think you've got to present yourself in a way where you can be chatty and all that sort of stuff. But if anything, you need to be easygoing. Or don't be a dick is a really great example. And also just come across as someone that you can spend a lot of time with and it's mm. not a problem, which is hilarious because I would hate to be stuck with me in a room for hours. But it seems to be doing fine, so I must be doing something right. But yeah, the main thing about music that a lot of people don't realise is how much time you spend with each other. So for mm. example, Saturday when this comes out, I'll be doing a gig in Southampton. My day starts at about 11 a.m. when I'll be picking someone up from their house. We're driving to the meetup point, which is a, a rehearsal room we've been using. We're loading the gear. We're then meeting the driver, getting in the van for, let's say, with breaks, five hours, six if we hit traffic. So that's six, That I would like to add, that is six hours in a box with no room to get away from anyone. You've then got to get out, load your gear, do your sound check, chill out for a bit. Again, you're in a dressing room with the same five to six, maybe seven people you've been stuck with since about half 11 in the morning. Do the gig and then do it all again backwards and get home with these people. I'm projecting to get home, well, projecting to get back to the meetup point at about 4 a.m., so that's a, and then get home for about 5 a.m. So that is a 18-hour day. Jeez. You've got to be easy to get along with. Yeah. In fact, there's a, one of my, my, my work quote that I will live and die on is from Guy Pratt. 
who, by the way, is his dream podcast guest, I would like to add, just to throw that out there. We're manifesting. Guy Pratt has a quote in, um, it's either from an interview. In fact, it's from an interview. It's from an interview on Scott's Bass Lessons, an old interview. He's mm. been on since. I really do recommend you go watch that. It's about an hour long. He talks about, he used to play for Madonna. He's played for Michael Jackson, David Gilmore. He's got his bass with him. He talks through some effects and some playing. One of the best YouTube videos I think I've ever watched. But there's an older video where he's just talking about his career. And the the bit that he said is he says, just be a laugh. Just be a laugh. And when you're on big sessions like this, or big sessions like he's done, think if you're a big record producer who's worked with everyone who's worth work, working with, everyone who's worth working with, you need a bass player, you need a drummer, you need a guitarist, you need a musician, you need to hire someone in. You can open your contacts in your phone and let's pretend there's 200 bass players in there, people you've been working with for 10 plus years. And everyone in that list is musically proficient enough to nail the part. That's not a problem. Yeah. What are they going to do? They're going to go, oh, who's a laugh? Who's good to get along with? You know, yeah. who, can, who can come down and be like, ah, you know what? Let's call Johnny because it'll be fun. As opposed to let's call blah, blah, blah. Ah, oh, do you remember last time though? Like they were, do you remember when they were late and they hadn't really learned the song? Or, yeah. God, I'd love to get Thingy in, but he's really annoying. You know, he's a great player. He's really annoying. At that level, those people will just go, no, 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 just who's fun? Who's going to yeah. show up and be like a, a good energy to bring to the room? So I, and I don't always do this because I'm not perfect. I'm still learning, you know. I'm not, you know, I'm not the first name in bass playing, am I, clearly? Um, yet but um oh uh pino horrocks over here um i was gonna say chris pratt well wait no oh nice i mean that is that actually is a person yeah sorry yeah sorry guy guy horrocks there we go guy guy horrocks there we go that guy (laughs) on bass that that oh my god that guy that guy pratt on bass i hope he doesn't (laughs) change his handle to that i will lose all my engagement anyway the point i was going to make was just be a laugh be good to get along with, safe pair of hands. And I've had people say to me very recently, we asked you back because you're a safe pair of hands. That was a band I know who were in a pinch. The normal bass player couldn't do it. I think something like a family thing had come up that he was like, guys, I can't not do this. I have to go do this. I can't do the gig. And they rang me and it was like, are you free tomorrow? And I was like, I'm free tomorrow. And it was like, oh, brilliant. I'd already played with them. I knew the set. Went and did the gig. And they said to me as we were packing up, we re- you were the first person we thought of when we were, you were the first person we rang because you're a safe pair of hands. And we knew we need someone. What do we do? Just call Chris. Yeah, he'll do it. He'll nail it. It's fine. So that, that's kind of like the personality I would suggest you go into. And that's what I did. Showed up early. I, I was very friendly. I said hello to everyone. But then I sat in the corner and shut up and waited until they needed me. I did not join in the conversations in any way, shape, or form. Not my circus, not my monkeys. My opinion is not wanted in this space, so don't give it. Empty cans rattle the most. Don't bother. Just don't bother. Got up, was dead cheerful, said hello to all the musicians, dead nice, set up really quickly. I played bass for five seconds, if that, just hit every pedal once, Checked there was no volume things. Quickly waved at the sound guy and went, is anything there too loud for you? And he was like, no, no, it's a good clean signal. I was like, lovely. Tuner on, volume off, 
didn't say a word. Don't look at your phone. Don't leave your phone in your bag. Leave it in the bloody car if you can. Like, don't be seen sat on your phone. Um, I sat there, like, sort of like, well, I stood there, kind of like idly, just waiting, just keeping my eye on the person who was running the audition. Because the last thing you want to be doing is talking to someone else when they want your attention. So I just sat looking at them, not in a weird way, but just looking at them. Not like, hello, you. Um, <clears throat> just sat looking at them, waiting. She got everyone's attention. She already had mine because I was waiting. We did the thing. We played. We did the stuff. Packed everything down super fast, like faster than I would at any gig. You know, speedy. Got it all in the gig bag. Sort of sat and loitered a tiny bit. Made sure I said bye to everyone. And here's a quick one because I am monologuing here. This is a job interview tip, which I stole from the real world before I became a musician. After you've done a job interview, when you get home, email the person you met with and say nothing else but thanks for having me. It was lovely to meet you. I hope to hear from you soon. And I said that. And I'm not kidding when I say this. I have gotten office jobs when I was in my former life as a real human being where they said, you know what? You were the only person who emailed saying thanks. Yeah. So that put you at the top of the pile right away. That's how little, that's how small the margins are. I wouldn't be surprised if, let's pretend there were 10 bass players, four of them were better than me. I would not be surprised if four of them were better than me, nicer than me, more professional, but I just presented a slightly nicer attitude I even made it clear to them in person. It was like, I'm very interested in this. I already dep for, and racked off three or four bands that she may or may not have heard of, didn't ask, doesn't matter, and said, but I'm I'm looking to consolidate and ideally play for one act, which yeah. is what they want to hear at the end of the day. So yeah, I just shut up and... Meditation. Exactly. And I reckon that's what got me the gig over the fact I absolutely crushed playing Superstition. Well, that's the thing. Like, everybody could, you know, if they're hoping that, oh, right, we need someone that's going to play these songs perfectly, you know, the the, the little bits on the edge aren't necessarily, you know, the, the little noodly bits or the walking lines you do are maybe not going to be the guaranteed thing. Yeah. Moves like Jagger is in the set. I'm going to go away now and kind of like, eh, do, do I have to just play the root note all the time? Could I maybe yeah. add a little thing? I'll give it a go. Yeah. You can go and do that. Or, for example, it's like, ah, you know, didn't really nail that part as much as I would have liked to. You can learn those bits, but you can't... Every... Who you are is who you are. Well, you can tweak some of it, but what I mean is it's like your good attitude is probably what they're looking for more than... You're not like, ah, oh, you know what? It was a bit of a dick, but that double thumb, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. That's not, not going to get you the gig. They'll be like, well, they, yeah, they played it perfectly. We expect them to play it right. You yeah, know. we told you what to play for God's sake. Of course yeah, you're going to nail like, it. We, obviously, like that's part of it. That's half of it. I've done several job interviews before as a as a re- employer, you know, yeah. um, where that is just the thing that you're looking for. And especially when like, you know, like, you know, experience, yeah, qualifications, yeah, you know, we'd rather, it goes personality, experience, qualifications, you know. Yeah, uh, in that order, I would say, and you know, I think you're gonna you're gonna work with that. these you're gonna work with that person for thirty to forty hours. Yeah, a week. can this can their ability that can grow? Yeah, their attitude 
you can't mold that. Exactly. Exactly. If you if you were interviewing someone who ticked every box from a person, a personnel or a personality perspective, but it was like they don't have a great deal of experience with this software we use. Mm. Fine. How yeah, hard's it going to be? That. Spend a few weeks. We can. You can even say to them, "Look, the, we're not giving you a job offer. However, we'd like you to do some training on this. Would you be willing to?" You know, over one weekend, if we send you a seminar, would you mind watching that just to just to catch you up a little bit? You know, these kind of things. Yeah, I, I had that with uni, just to swing it back around to uni. Um, I nailed the performance exam. The interview went really well, but I failed the theory the theory test. I got two out of twenty six on music theory because I didn't know any music theory. But they taught me the music theory, and I caught up with everyone by christmas of my first year because i knew they said to me look you're going to be eaten alive if you don't know the theory we'll recommend some books for you to read read them and i did and i was fine that part can be changed but if i had everything under the sun but they were like god he's a white supremacist <laughs> that's not really gonna like it's not really i mean i don't know it depends what you're who you're applying for at the end of the day pantera <laughs> ailstorm Gonna bring that along to your audition? I mean, I didn't show up in a Pantera t-shirt. You'd be pleased to know. No, that's okay. It was underneath the shirt with Tigers. It was. God, I love that band. Why did that have to happen? Anyway. Anyway. Um, anyway. I, I think that is. Uh, I you know, we could talk about this all day, and I'm sure there's even more amazing advice to give because I think that's what that was. Um, I think that was really great, Chris. So. Thank you very much for sharing your experience. And congrats, everyone listening. Give a give a round of applause. Thank wow. you. you. You hear that? Did you I hear can that? hear that. I felt Stadium good. Stadium full. I heard a couple of, oh, shut up, mate. Leave it out. <laughs> um, it turned off a while ago. Well, actually, I have my first, I've just actually at the point of recording, the reason why I punched the air in excitement a few minutes ago is because I've had the first gig confirmed with them. Hey, so nice. at the point of recording, that is, oh God, that's five days after this episode comes out. So basically I've got a, a week and two days to learn the set. That, that is your bag. It never ends, mate. It, honestly, bag, honestly, that's, I never realized how many songs I'd have to learn being a musician. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Other songs? No, no, no. Um, I know. It's I just awful. have one of those moments because uh, Source Audio just followed me. Really? Yeah, literally then. Like, uh, like, like while we're on air? Yeah. That's that's quite good. That's spooky. Can really you spooky. prove Schechter? it? Hello, Schechter? Come on. Hello, Schechter. <laughs> Have you got your uh, phone on you? Can you prove this to me? Or are you just saying uh, this for no, clout? No, no, no. Yeah, I can. I, I mean, it is I, clout. I bloody got rid of the notification, but hang on. Why would you and do it, that? Unless you were lying. Oh, mate, they followed you on threads. That doesn't count. Yeah, but I'm like, everyone's we following everyone on threads. Whilst we were talking, though, Chris. You do know that means that they are. Did you already know that they followed you on Instagram? Oh, wait, yeah, that probably means they already follow me on Instagram. Hang on. Yeah, because what you can do is when you make a threads account, you can say, yeah, hey, do you just want to follow everyone you already follow? follow? Now, I chose not to do that because yeah, I don't too. like people. However, oh, um, yeah, they already follow me. Well, it's still cool that like, they've chosen to follow you what back is on me. A, I know, sorry, mate. Like, oh, boo-hoo. Man.com. Anyway. 
Um, still, anyway, I'm sorry. Thanks. I'm sorry to, to rain on your parade, but I, I still think that is very good news because they don't follow me on Instagram. So there's a win, I guess. Okay. Oh. Let's um, go. Let's um, bring this podcast to a grinding halt. Yes, um, let's. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Chris, thank you so much for being here again. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that you show up every week uh, to talk to me. Um, and, you know, big fan. Johnny, big fan. it's the highlight of my week. Wow. No, the highlight of your week is learning a million songs. For it's really not. Next week. It is really not. <laughs> Chris, where can the people find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me everywhere under that guy on base. Uh, you can follow me on Fred's, that weird... Whoa thing that isn't twitter but it kind of is i would just like to say really quickly i'm really enjoying threads like mm. i've got weirdly i have 800 followers on twitter and i don't understand why and i've got to be honest i think i've never had more than two likes on a tweet no one's ever replied to a tweet someone i mean james bourne from busted followed me years and years and years ago and i don't understand why i think he just did a mass follow and i popped up however threads you know we've had it's been out for like a week I post questions on there and I get replies. There's people I know on there who are clearly seeing the content and vice versa. I tell you what, previous podcast alumni, if you've got Freds, you should go follow Daisy, as in Daisy Pepper Bass. She's really going in on that on that platform. Like she's posting really interesting stuff. Andrew, AMP, the bass player, he's posting really great content on there, like really getting stuck into the platform. It's engaging. It's nice stuff to look at. I guess you can follow me if you want to, or you can follow Johnny if you want to. But yes, you can find me everywhere. Also, please listen to my band. My band is called Darla, um, D-A-R-L-A-H. Like the little girl from Finding Nemo who shakes the fish to death. Um, yeah. That's going to stick. Oh, well. At the time yeah, of release... Oh God, I, oh, God, I wish. At the time of release, our second single will be out oh my god I, it's I called it was so soon it, yeah thanks for that i also forgot because i feel like sequel came out a week ago and it's been seven weeks or something like that it's mad anyway it's called differ it's really good it's actually it's actually my favorite song that we've written oh in my opinion now i'm not saying any of the others are bad because i like all the songs that my band have written however this one's my, it just, it just, it's a bit, it's got, it's got a bit of me in it. Nice. I think it sounds a bit like ginger. No yeah. one else agrees with me, but I don't care. So I think it sounds like that. If you like riffs, that's going to be the one. It'll be available everywhere by the time this comes out. Please give it a listen. If you like it, give it a share. That'd be very nice. If you want me to do a bass cover of the song, give me a shout because I'd love to. If you don't like it, I don't want your negativity and my fragile yeah, ego yeah. is just not going to be able to handle that. So if you don't like it, <laughs> cool. But if you do like it, let me know because that'd be nice. Johnny, where can people find you? Uh, they can find, well, first of all, I will put all of um, links to Dala and it's already in the links uh, down below on your platform of choice. Um, I won't be able to link to the single, I don't think. Unless you've got pre-save it's link fine. Um, we will, but that pre-save link won't be oh, won't be yeah. live by that point because the song will already be out. But you I'll could try, can, can you put like the YouTube link or the Spotify link in the show notes? Does it let you do that, or is it like no, you can't have a link to that kind of thing? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. There's links for days in there. Go and links check for that days. Myself. 
in down there you can see all of my socials as well uh, at Johnny Dibble on everything including threads so yeah go, go follow us over on there why not try out a new platform um, if you want to submit a question to this very podcast you can do that uh, via our Instagrams uh, or I saw you post on threads as well so keep an eye you know I mean they're very similar platforms I suppose go and check us out on both of those uh, when we put up a post asking for you guys to submit your questions so definitely go and do that i've got a big backlog of of questions amazing questions you guys have all asked but i still ask every week because there might be some fresh things on people's minds etc so yeah please 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 do so um you can rate this podcast five stars on your platform of choice so whatever you're listening to it on now please leave us a review it helps us out something to do with algorithms etc etc yes please thank you very much um i think that's everything it for me i just want to say once again thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time bye bye